Welcome to PRN's Progressive Radio News Hour. I'm Steve Lenman. My guest today is Larry Pinkney. Pinkney? Oh, Larry Pinkney. Let me get Larry's name right. My goodness, I've gotten to know Larry so well. Larry, let me wish you and my listeners a very, very joyous holiday season and a very happy new year. And I'll say one more thing. I get asked all the time why I don't write about something good going on in the world. And my comment, all my response always is, when I find it, I will write about it. I haven't found very much uh, that's uh, very joyous at this time of year or any other time of year to write about. With wars without end, without all the horrors going on, Larry, the ones you and I talk about and what I talk about with other guests on this program all the time, I really look forward to the day, like you do, when we really will have something joyous to discuss. That's right. That's right. And, you know, when it comes to joy, Joy is something that doesn't happen by or through osmosis. Joy is something that we, the people, everyday ordinary, black, white, brown, red, and yellow people, struggling everyday people, we're the ones who make joy a reality. So uh, nevertheless, I I also uh, would certainly and do certainly wish you, my brother, and all the listeners to this program a safe, a safe and productive, uh, quote-unquote, holiday season. We have so much more work to be done uh, if we're to save uh, our, our ourselves, our prodigy, and if we're to save our precious Mother Earth. So we just got to stay busy, stay busy. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about it. Uh, this is what I focus on daily, Larry, in my writing and media work and uh, lots of interviews that I get. Uh, very, very heavily on Press TV. Press TV, Press TV called me, Larry, to comment uh, after Obama finished his uh, year-end press conference. I think it went on a little longer than they expected, and they had a time block. I think I approached that the uh, uh, the top of the hour when they would have their regular newscast. I got about five or seven minutes to, co- maybe a little bit more, maybe about ten minutes to comment on a, on a couple of points that they raised, and uh, I did the best I could. If Obama just, just shut up and ended the conference a few minutes earlier. I, I could have bashed him better than I did. But I was so delighted when I got a call uh, from Press TV asking me to comment on what he had to say. They've done that before, and I really love uh, being able to, to, to go head-to-head with Obama. I would love to debate him uh, face-to-face. I guarantee he, he, he would hear some things from me. He does not hear from the reporters who bow and scrape to him, Larry. That's, that's, that's for sure, to put it mildly, not to mention the fact that where would he be without his teleprompter? My goodness. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Prescripted all the way. And, uh, I mean, he, he's no dummy. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, he's a Harvard Law grad. Uh, I think he went to Columbia undergrad. I mean, he, he's, no, he's no dummy, and uh, he, he certainly reads from the teleprompter pretty well. But uh, the policies are what give the guy away, as we both know, Larry. Uh, policies waging permanent wars, uh, governing under a homeland police state apparatus that I comment on from time to time. Uh, George Bush uh, uh, put it in place. It was there before George Bush, but George Bush really put it in place.
place, beginning with the Patriot Act and the Homeland Security Act, and then Obama hardened what George Bush put into place. So it's really a dreadful situation, uh, plus waging war on ordinary Americans, targeting them at home, targeting people all around the world, causing more human misery than any other regime ever did in human history, as far as I'm concerned. Certainly in my study of history, I've never run any, in, into anything approaching the crimes that America commits, and they seem to get worse and worse all the time. I'd love to feel joyous at this time of year, Larry, but I really feel nothing to be joyous about. Well, you know, I, I, I suppose if there's anything to be, uh, I don't know if I'll say joyous, but I'll just say upbeat about, is that I do believe that uh, an increasing amount of people are waking up thanks to the efforts of persons like yourself, myself, and and a handful of others. But I think it's it's actually uh, much larger now than just a handful of others. And I think the, the policies, as you mentioned, of Drone Man, as I call him, Drone Man Obama, Mr. Hypocrite, Mr. Hope and Change, Mr. Rope and Adult uh, Hope and Change, um, you know, his policies are so... Uh, despicable. I was looking at a news report the other day. Uh, it was from a, another country. Of course, that's where I have to get a great deal of news about what's going on right here. But anyway, uh, the, the the fact is, for example, the reason I call him Drone Man is because he has, of course, among other things, uh, really not only extended but exacerbated to insane levels the use of drones and. This report was making it crystal clear that approximately only 2%, check this out, only approximately 2% of the drone strikes uh, uh, actually hit their so-called intended targets. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, even if they did hit their, ten, uh, their intended targets, the fact is, is what, whatever happened uh, to to trial by jury, whatever happened uh, to uh, uh, being able to have the right to answer charges brought against one, etc., uh, etc. Et these these things have all just been utterly obliterated, decimated by drone man Barack Obama. Imagine if two percent, if it's only two percent, then that means something like ninety eight percent of the people being killed, for example, in Pakistan, are quote-unquote non-combatant innocents. That is outrageous. And we have got to stop allowing these horrors to take place in our name, because it's being done, being carried out in our name, even as we simultaneously in this country are watching our uh, constitutional rights being not only eroded, but scraped, scraped, just scrapped, I should say, scrapped totally. Uh, and even as we see the, uh, the corporate military police surveillance state getting ever, ever larger and ever more uh, sinister. This is reality, but we can change this reality, but the operative word is we, we the people, just ordinary people, as you said, you know, my brother Stephen, we are the only ones, not the Democrats, not the Republicans, because they obviously have a vested interest in permanent wars, in a permanent state of war, both at home and abroad. 
Oh, I agree, Larry, and it's been a while since I've written about Drone Man and the drone attacks, but I remember, I think it goes back a couple of years now, that I wrote about a New York University, Stanford University study of drone attacks, and it basically, you know, with with lots of details, obviously, but basically saying exactly what you did, that the vast majority of the people killed by drones uh, have nothing to do with, uh, with combat in either Pakistan or Afghanistan, and I think the number 98% is a very accurate number, and they also use uh, the, uh, the, the the catchphrase, high-value targets. Uh, a, a minuscule number of, of people uh, actually actually uh, killed by drones or hit by, hit by drone attacks are these so-called high-value targets, and the vast majority are civilians. And one other heinous policy by the U.S. government, a policy called double-tapping, meaning after an attack, an ordinary people People rush to help the wounded, the ones who survived the attack. Another attack comes attacking them, so they become the wounded or the dead. This is the U.S. policy, right. Larry, and, and Obama doing more drone attacks. I don't think there were drone attacks before Bush. I'm not certain, but I don't I, think that if they were, they were, they, they were few in number. Bush, Bush got right. it going, but Obama has, 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 has launched more, more drone attacks Let's just put it this way, that all his predecessors combined. Right. Something else that he's done than all of his predecessors combined is he has uh, uh, moved on in an incredibly uh, forceful and insidious manner. He has moved on so-called whistleblowers, people who are trying to get information out to the public as to what this government is actually doing. And he has prosecuted and or charge, all right, more whistleblowers than all of his predecessors combined. Now, it's, we have to see that for what it is. So, so Mr. Drone Man, Mr. I'm going to be transparent, has, you know, what, what's that expression? The emperor has no clothes. In other words, the fact of the matter is, is when we look, going back to what you said earlier, my brother, when we look at his policies, his policies belie, belie his, his, his hypocritical rhetoric. His rhetoric is one thing. His actions are totally opposite of what he says. Yeah, it really is true, Larry. It's the reason I call him a serial liar. And if you go back over all the major promises he made as a candidate, he literally broke every single one of them. I couldn't find an exception, not a single exception. Uh, I mean, there were lots of promises, big ones and small ones, and I was most concerned about about the big ones, the ones that people should should remember, including, I believe, on day one of his of his first term, saying uh, within the first within the first year meaning 2009, or let's say through uh, January 2010, Guantanamo would be closed. And, of course, Guantanamo still operates. And the idea that that he's he's hamstrung by by Congress is a lie. And I remember writing, uh, quoting legal authorities. It's been a couple of years now, and I I don't recall the precise authority, but quoting legal authorities saying the idea that he can't do it on his own is absolutely false. He has the authority on his own to close Guantanamo immediately. Immediately and get the prisoners right. out of there. I mean, most of them don't belong there in the first place. Maybe, maybe none of them belong there in the first place. And I've written, based on studies done by Saint, by um, 
a Seton Hall University, a group at Seton Hall University saying at least 95% of the prisoners that America, the people America arrested, stuck in Guantanamo and other U.S. torture prisoners, were sold for bounty for bounty to either, either say, Pakistani authorities then hand it over to America. They did nothing. So if a cab driver was in the wrong place at the wrong time, he was vulnerable. If somebody didn't like his next-door neighbor, the next-door neighbor was vulnerable. They could end up being arrested, thrown into a U.S. torture prison, and, uh, despite the fact that they committed no crime. And very early on, I mean, America simply didn't care. They knew these people committed no crimes, and yet they kept them year after year year after year, tortured virtually every single one of them at Guantanamo and other global torture prisons. And this goes on today. Despite the Senate report on torture, this goes on today under Obama, and not a word is said about it, certainly not a word in the major media. I've written about it. There are dozens of U.S. torture prisons around the world, including ships at sea, <laughs> Who can track ships at sea? They can be anywhere, in the Indian Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific. I mean, they can go from ocean to ocean, torturing prisons, prisoners out of sight and mind, knowing these people are innocent. They're victims. That's right. That's right. And, and since you mentioned that, let me refer to a provision, I believe it's 21 of the so-called uh, NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, which is a misnomer. But in any event, uh, that provision, of course, provides essentially, now think, we need to think about this, it provides for essentially the same thing being carried out against persons in this country, U.S. citizens. Now, it's not right. It certainly shouldn't be happening to persons who are not U.S. citizens. But it has now been codified that, yes, uh, indefinite detention, no defense, don't even have to have charges brought against you. This is here in this country. Uh, uh, don't even have to uh, have your friends and or loved ones and or relatives uh, be notified as to the fact that you have been whisked away or where you are being held. This is right here. This is right here. So, I mean, and I would urge anyone, read that provision. Understand what it's really saying, what it's really about. This is nothing more than 21st century fascism. And, again, being carried out against we, the everyday people in this country, being carried out against us in our names, both internally and externally. Yeah, Larry, I've certainly written about this, and I mean, it really is a horrible situation where Obama, on his own unilateral sole authority, can decide that anybody is deserving of being arrested and thrown into what I call a military dungeon, uncharged, detained indefinitely, uh, uh, probably not tried, uh, literally buried, uh, gone and forgotten, uh, whether or not the person is guilty of anything at all, and of course, uh, habeas rights denied, a due process of any any kind denied. I mean, I mean, this 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 is police state stuff. I mean, this is extreme yeah. police state, state stuff. Obama Obama went beyond the worst of George Bush. Obama pulled stunts that even George Bush didn't dare to do, and nothing That's gets right. reported about it in the mainstream. Right, right, and of course we know the the so-called mainstream. I call it the corporate stream, vomit stream media because that's exactly what it is. Uh, it lies through omission. I mean, using your example, 
they simply omit those things that are of incredible importance, dire importance, uh, are simply omitted. No, they'd rather uh, talk about some gossip. They, they, they'd rather, uh, uh, you know, propagate something uh, that has no relevance whatsoever to the survival, political, economic, social survival of everyday people in this country. Uh, and and we, we really have to come to grips with this. Uh, Obama uh, has, the grown man, has, has demonstrated repeatedly, not just once or twice or three times, but he has repeatedly demonstrated that he has no regard, no regard uh, for uh, constitutional rights. He has no regard for human rights. Be those rights, be those the rights of humans in this nation or in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Libya, Somalia, Ukraine, the list goes on and on. This man has no regard for this. And he can only be reined in by we everyday ordinary people. Uh, and, and, and this is what I, I'm always honored to be you know, on, on, on your show, on your program, my brother. And this is what I always try to, when I say this, I mean reminding people of the dire situation that, that we are in. And, of course, uh, these kinds of actions against people in other lands, what does it do? Why, it creates, with the Obamatrons, both Democrats and Republicans, it creates what? So-called terrorists. It creates them. And, and uh, you know, this, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. So why? Certainly they must know what they're doing. And by they, I'm talking about uh, this government. I will not refer to, refer to it as our government because it is not our government. The government certainly must know what their policies are doing, the horror that it's causing these policies all over the world and, you know, the animosity, the rage, the anger. But, you know, clearly, that's what they want to do. Why? Because that way they can continue to bloodsuck on behalf of the corporations and perpetuate perpetual war. So we, it's simple. It's simple. It's, it, it's not complicated. We, we need to wake up, and I think people are waking up to this and reject it. Say no. No, not in our name or anybody else's name. No way. Larry, I certainly agree with you. Uh, I and many others uh, refer to the... It sounds like I'm going off topic, but I'm not. I and many others uh, refer to the so-called Israeli peace process as the greatest hoax in modern times. Well, you could also say that America's war on terrorism is exactly the same thing. It's got nothing to do with a war on terrorism. It's a war of terrorism, state terrorism, against ordinary people all across the world, in, in, in other countries, in America, targeting innocent people, waging state terror against ordinary people, brutalizing them, killing them, imprisoning them. 
You know, Larry, when you and I were growing up, I think I've got a few years uh, on you at age 80, but I imagine mm-hmm. when, when you were growing up like I did, there was no Internet, so it was a little bit harder to find out what was going on and understand things. But today it's so simple for anybody with a computer putting in 15, 20 minutes a day to really having, have, to have a rudimentary knowledge of the stuff going on and realize how badly we're being, we're being had, we're being abused by our own government, the, lead, the world's leading human rights rights abuser, by far, no nation in world history matching America's abusive human rights record. And again, growing up, I mean, for me, I remember back in college, when the, I, I hated term papers in college because the only way you could write them was go into the library, go through Rolodex cards, go through library stacks. It was a very onerous process, and today the kids have it so easy. I mean, now I write a two, two or more term papers every single day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's what, it's what I love to do. But it, again, it, 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 it was a very, very tough process back then. So, the, so, so young, young students have it easy today in that respect. But anybody with a computer, putting a minimal amount of time online, can find out what's going on and realize how badly they're being harmed by their own government, more abusive than any other government in the world. You simply can't name another government causing more harm to more people than America, and it's so easy to prove it, waging global wars. I mean, as bad as some other abusive governments are, they're not waging wars on a global basis year after year after year, having a, having, having a permanent war policy, and that's easy to prove as well. Literally not a day of peace, literally not a day of peace in America's history, and it can be proved with material obtainable online. Larry, I'm ashamed to call myself an American, and and, and considering the way Israel operates, I'm ashamed to call myself a Jew. Well, all I can say is I'm very proud of you, and and I'm very, very proud of of the the folks out there who are standing up. You know, we, we are doing the most subversive things, and by subversive, we're telling the truth. And that's considered subversion. That's considered by the corporate-owned government uh, as being subversion. While, well, if that's subversion, then let's create millions of subversive who are about speaking truth to power, telling the truth, get it out there. And I still believe that there are, uh, there, there, there is a critical mass there is a critical mass of people, uh, even in this nation, who definitely will not tolerate this once they find out what is actually happening to them and to our sisters and brothers all over the world. So I'm, I'm with you, but let me tell you, Stephen Lindman, my brother, I'm deeply proud of you, uh, and, and, you know, uh, I think that this country, this, this nation, the United States, needs to fulfill uh, its, its ideals. And I say ideals. I understand there's a difference between having ideals and making those ideals a reality. But a critical mass of people can push, must push, this nation. We must not just resist. We must reverse. We must, I mean reverse. We, you know, it's, it's, it's like being on the Titanic uh, and, and heading full speed ahead to the iceberg. We must reverse course, turn around now while there's still time. 
Oh, indeed, Larry. It reminds me of uh, of the famous uh, Orwell quote, and I'll just put it in my own words when he talks about in times of universal deceit, uh, speaking hot truths is, is 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 a revolutionary act, and I really love that. I think that's my favorite Orwell quote: a revolutionary act. And Larry, what 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 you what you what you say in speaking out, and what you say in writing, and I, I hope what I do as well. I, I think that this these. This, 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 this expression really is a revolutionary act, and I can't imagine a time uh, more in history when this is exactly what we need. That's right. It's, it's, I, I, Frank, frankly, I can't either. I cannot imagine a time in history, especially when one considers the, the, the insane policy backed up by thermonuclear weapons, backed up by the, the uh, overthrow of governments. I mean, think about that. Regime change? What does that have to do with democracy? What does that have to do with human rights? It doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with the power-hungry, blood-sucking uh, so-called leaders, I call them misleaders, of this nation and a small handful of others in national and I call it national and global power elite, who want to blood-suck humanity right out of existence. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, my brother. We are on the same page as usual. Oh, indeed so. And uh, if we don't do something about it, Larry, it certainly won't be done for us. It bothers me greatly that people think they can go to the polls every election day and, as I like to put it, throw out the bums, not realizing that all they're getting are new bums. I mean, they're all right. bums. And uh, it, right. it, 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 this comes home to me very strongly, Larry. In uh, in two recent votes, uh, a vote uh, a vote in both houses imposing sanctions on Venezuela, uh, the most respectful country in the, in the Western Hemisphere on human rights, uh, accusing Venezuela of human rights violations, which was absolutely false. And the vote in both houses of Congress was unanimous by voice voice vote. So the, the expression I like to use is there wasn't a single profile in courage in the entire Congress, 535 members, including uh, Bernie Sanders, dare I say, including mm -hmm. Elizabeth Warren, and not a mm -hmm. single profile in courage having, having, the, having the courage to tell the truth of what's going on. And the other, the other vote, exactly the same thing, a unanimous vote. Uh, what was the name of the bill? The uh, uh, the Ukraine uh, Freedom Act of some I forget the exact wording. The the, uh, 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 the the Ukraine Freedom Support Act of 2014 again uh, authorizing lethal aid lethal aid to the Ukrainian fascist government, uh, authorizing more sanctions against Russia. The hero of the Ukraine story that never gets reported accurately. The fact that Vladimir Putin and Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov have gone all out for peaceful conflict resolu resolution, and yet they get blamed wrongfully for the stuff going on, which is entirely at the feet of Washington, complicit with the fascists they put in power. And the entire Congress voted for this bill by voice vote unanimously, again, exactly the opposite of what they should have done. Again, not a single profile encouraged. Pretty discouraging, Larry. And pretty disgusting. Pretty disgusting. You know, Malcolm X said that uh, sad people don't bring about change, but mad people do. And it's time for us to get mad. It's time for us to to understand that. I, and I'm going to use your your expression because you're absolutely <clears throat> absolutely correct. Uh, 
this was a unanimous vote. But I call it both of those votes were unanimous votes, including people, so-called progressives like Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, blah, blah, blah. The fact is, is that it is what I call unanimous insanity. Unanimous insanity. And, and, and you know, serving nothing but the interests of the bloodsuckers who want to perpetuate war, who want to perpetuate ignorance. Keep the uh, American people ignorant. Keep them uh, salivating like Pavlov's dog. Ring the bell, and they come running to lap up the lies and vomit of, of the corporate stream, vomit stream media, who, of course, is nothing more than the lap dog of whatever uh, uh, political party, which is they're really republicans, they're one and the same, but they're nothing more than lap dogs. Of, of of the uh, uh, government that's that's or regime, which is really a, a far more accurate term because that's what we have. We have a regime in this country, uh, uh, and we need to understand that. And you're so correct about you know the internet. Use it. Just just minimally. My God, just check out for ourselves uh, what is actually happening. Uh, ABC, CBS, PBS, Fox News, MSNBC, all of these vomit stream lying, diverting, distracting uh, sources are, are nothing more than tools, uh, tools to be used against we ordinary everyday people. So, you know, I, I'm with you once more. We're on the same page, but we've got we to gotta get mad, not be sad. Indeed, Larry, and uh, it, it bothers me. Every now and then I have a conversation with somebody, uh, and then after beginning, of it, beginning it, I wish I had never done it in the first place. Uh, with someone who, who uh, uh, is probably intelligent, uh, certainly enough so to understand what's going on, and yet be completely misguided about what's going on in the country, believing that America is really a beacon of freedom, et cetera, and so on, uh, having no concept in the world that America America wages wars, naked aggression against countries posing no threat to anybody. I mean, you could rattle off the names of them one after another, whether they're, whether they're, they're democratic regimes or non-democratic regimes. You could go back over a time before Afghanistan. But, I mean, this stuff, go back, go back to the 1990s, uh, the war in Yugoslavia. Uh, Yugoslavia certainly was, a, was, was, not, was not an extremist, uh, 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 tyrannical regime by any means at all, and yet Yugoslavia the term balkanized came from what America, complicit mainly with Germany, did to Yugoslavia, taking one country and dividing it into seven. I believe the final number was seven, and then then ending in in 1999. And I remember this number with 78 days, led by General Wesley Clark when he was the NATO head. 78 days of brutal bombing, dropping more ordnance over that period of time than in any an unprecedented amount of ordnance. Unexceeded up to that time, probably exceeded in the wars uh, that followed it in Afghanistan and Iraq and so on, but unprecedented amount of ordinance, literally destroying uh, Serbia, Kosovo, and uh, I mean crimes against humanity, war crimes, crimes against humanity. Uh, I don't think I, I don't th- I, I don't think those areas to this day have recovered. All these years later, 15 years later, and I think the people still haven't recovered from what America put them through. And, and if you asked Americans about this, most of them wouldn't know what you're talking about. 
That's right. That's right. They have absolutely no clue. And yet this is being done in our name. And ultimately, as we used to say back in the day, what goes around comes around. And we better understand that. We better understand that. The time will come sooner or later. If this planet survives, if Mother Earth survives, the people of this precious planet, if we survive, the time will come when these war crimes, and that's what they are, they are war crimes, hideous, heinous war crimes against humanity and against our precious planet, the time is going to come when these things are going to have to be answered for. Answered for. What are we going to say? What are we going to say? What part, what role did we play? Did, were we there to sound the alarm? Did we stand up, as you put it? Were there any of us who had profiles and courage to, to stand up and say, no, this will not be done in my name, this will not occur? Did, these are the kinds of questions we need to be asking ourselves, but not just asking we need to be answering those questions by sounding the alarm. And you're so right. I find that there are plenty of intelligent people, but intelligence has nothing to do, frankly, with uh, 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 just because someone is intelligent does not mean they're not ignorant. And what uh, people confuse is that they think that, oh, this person is intelligent, therefore this person knows what's going on. No! More often than not, it's just the opposite. Their intelligence is measured by just how closely they identify with the very system that is oppressing all of us. So, you know, I'm with you there. You you made a very, very good point, very valid point. Larry, I think there's some very intelligent people in Washington, but, but they go along with the same big lies over and over again, maybe, maybe to the extent that it's gone on so long, uh, they simply lose the ability to distinguish between truth and fiction, and they believe this stuff. You know, countries that we, 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 we call, we call uh, venal or, or, or uh, U.S. adversaries or whatever, whether it be uh, Russia or, uh, or uh, an Iraq or a Syria or uh, whatever the country may be, and actually believe these big lies because they repeated them so often they simply don't know another narrative to put their mind around and, and these people aren't stupid a lot of them hold high mm -hmm. positions and, and, and yet they come down to this supporting the, the most horrid things going on and literally America attacking one country after another destroy the phrase I like to use is ravaging and destroying it and this is exactly what's going on how many millions has America committed how do these people go to sleep at night Larry how do they live with themselves being part of a system like this whether it's in the in the Bush government, the Obama government, the Clinton government, so many others. You could go back to Harry Truman, uh, Truman's war in Korea. I, meant, I mentioned Harry Truman in an article I, I wrote uh, this morning on uh, accusing North Korea of hacking uh, the Sony picture of the interview, and uh, I, I don't think there's a chance in a million that North Korea had anything whatever to do with it. And, and the question that never gets asked is, is P. Bono, what on earth would North Korea gain by, by, by hacking a film, whatever it is, it's a film. They will gain nothing, or as I, I put it in my article, they will gain nothing but trouble but from hacking the film. And already it looks like there's been a cyber attack against North Korea with God knows what else Obama has in mind. That's right. That's right. And you see, what, you, what, what, what you're doing and what I'm doing and what we're trying to encourage other people to do is to ask basic questions. What is to be gained? The United States of America, the government, 
All right, the government, uh, the, the, the name of their game has consistently been to stir up as much trouble, as much misery as they possibly can throughout Mother Earth, throughout this planet, and then to simultaneously blame it on the, the victims. This is what they've done uh, in, in Ukraine. This is what they're doing uh, with, with Russia. This is what they did in Libya, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Somalia. I mean, again, the list just goes on and on. And I'm just talking about the past couple of decades. So, yes, I'm, 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 I'm definitely with you, definitely with you. We've got to understand uh, what, what is going on and stop buying into this vomit. And we need to hold people accountable. It's like this, this, this thing about CIA torture. Want to know about torture? Look inside U.S. prisons. Look inside U.S. prisons. The, 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 the country that has imprisoned more people than any other country in the world, including China, the United States. Okay? Look inside our, uh, our own prison system. And, and, and this will give us a glimpse of what uh, this, 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 the policies are that are carried out against people throughout the, 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 the world and really throughout this nation. So I, 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 I would urge our listeners, don't be sad, get mad. Well, Larry, you understand the prison story firsthand. You were a political prisoner, like Lynn Stewart was a political prisoner, like so many others, wrongfully abused, put away for political beliefs in America's gulag. And you're right, America has the world's largest a gulag prison system. China has four times the population of America, and America's prison system is bigger than China's. I mean, considerably bigger than China's. And the stuff that goes on, I, I, one of the earliest articles I wrote uh, was titled America's Gulag Prison System, uh, The Shame of the Nation. Uh, and I got, I got an email from a former San Quentin uh, prisoner, I believe a political prisoner, telling me, uh, really, uh, thanking me for my article on the one hand and telling me, you really have no idea what goes on behind these walls. I mean, it is so outrageous that the abuses committed against people, including so many who don't belong there in the first place. And I, I still remember that email, just, just a stunning email. He went into some detail, and he was abused. Uh, he was lucky he got out. I think he was there for a short, fairly short time, maybe maybe a year or two, and he got out. But it's an experience, of course, you'd never forget, and you can't possibly forget it. You can't forget it, Larry. Uh, Lynn Stewart no. can't forget it. Uh, the wrongful abuses, there's no way in the world the government, government can make up for the abuses committed. No way at all. That's right. And we have to be cognizant of this. We must be aware of this. We we have to do something about it. And speaking of, of prisoners, and particularly political prisoners, I want to just briefly mention uh, that Reverend Edward Pinckney, and yes, yes. it's the same last, last name uh, as my own last name, but we're not related. Nevertheless, uh, I'm very, very familiar uh, with, with this brother and what he's been trying to do. Uh, and I, I just want people to remember that on December the 15th, which was a Monday, uh, Reverend Pinckney, uh, after being uh, convicted by an all-white jury, an all-white jury, he's from the township of Benton Harbor, Michigan. I call it Benton Harbor, Berrien County, Mississippi, but it's in the state of Michigan. All right, And on top of that, 
on top of that, with no direct evidence, and on top of that, uh, the jurors themselves, at least one if not more, were directly uh, working with the prosecution's main so-called witness, or witness to what, I really don't know, because there was no direct evidence. But why was, he, why was he charged with election fraud and thrown into prison? Because he dared to stand up to the Whirlpool Corporation, which controls the township of Benton Harbor. He dared to stand up and say, wait a minute, this has got to stop. The people of, the, of, of, of Benton Harbor, Michigan, need to, to, to be able to run their own town, their own city. All right, But he was targeted and neutralized. And so Reverend Pinckney now, uh, as I said, since December the 15th, uh, has, has been in prison, and we're doing all we can to alert people to what the real situation is. He doesn't belong there. He doesn't belong there. But then we have so many other people uh, throughout this nation that don't belong there. And quite frankly, even if there were people who did, quote-unquote, need to be uh, restrained, you don't brutalize and torture them. Because if and when they're ever, first of all, you don't do that because it's inhumane and it's insane. Secondly, that if any of these people are ultimately released, what kind of human beings will they be once they are released? We need to ask ourselves that. So I, I just wanted to mention that, and I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Larry, I recently wrote about, I wrote uh, a couple of times about uh, another political prisoner uh, by the name of uh, uh, Razmia Odeh, O-D-E-H, a woman, a Palestinian-American, uh, American now uh, living in Chicago, as a matter of fact. I've never met her. I would love to meet her. I'd love to have her as a guest on this program. Uh, she's currently out on bail on fraudulent charges of uh, naturalization abuses in applying for U.S. Uh, citizenship. She was born, I believe, uh, uh, either in, uh, she was born, born in Palestine, uh, imprisoned by Israel many years ago on false charges, tortured into confessing to things she never did, uh, spent time in, in an Israeli prison, released uh, decades ago. Uh, this, is, this is a woman fairly well up in years now, at least in her 60s, been an activist mm -hmm. for many decades, and uh, uh, after, after being released, deported to Lebanon, came to America, settled in Chicago, living in Chicago for about 11 years, an absolutely saintly woman, uh, loved by everybody she's associated with, working, work, working for human rights, wanting justice, and yet she was targeted by America, I'm certain at the behest of Israel, to go after her, and, uh, and she, was, she was arrested, she was tried, she was convicted in a kangaroo trial, she, was, uh, in the, in, she applied for, for uh, citizenship in, in a Michigan uh, location, even though she's living in Chicago, and uh, mm -hmm. she was in prison there. And uh, put in solitary confinement, by the way, and this is a woman mm. with some health problems, so she went through human misery in solitary confinement for around a month before her lawyers finally got a federal judge to release her on bail, provided they could raise it, and they did, I think, very quickly. Uh, I think something like $50,000, they managed to raise it, and now she's back in Chicago. She'll, she'll be sentenced next March unless something can be done to reverse the injustice done against her, and she 
she is the kind of person I like to say we should build statues to instead of putting, being, uh, putting them in prison. But this woman very possibly is going to end up back in prison. For how long? I don't know. It'll be next March before we find out, and I will certainly write about her again. Good, good, because this is, and I say good, I mean good that you're going to be writing about her. Actually, I've read a couple of your articles about her. Uh, very, very in-depth and, and, and very, very good articles in terms of getting that information out. You know, I, I, I think we need to understand, all of us, that uh, this government, this, this police state, this, this corporate-controlled government police surveillance state uh, will do and does anything from uh, setting people up, framing them. That's, that's what this so-called democracy is all about. We don't have a democracy in the United States. We have a hypocrisy. We have a hypocrisy. And, and, and we need to, 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 to be honest. If we're going to change it, then we have to, first of all, see what we have to change. And, and we have each other. We have the people. So uh, it, I, I, I sometimes laugh to keep from crying, quite frankly, when I hear Obama, for example, or any of the rest of them, dare to open their mouths, put their lips in gear, and use the term democracy to other nations and to the people of this nation. We have no democracy. We have no democracy. Going out and voting is not a democracy. You don't control who gets in. You don't control the millions and millions of dollars that a person has to even have to even seriously consider running for any so-called elected office, especially on the federal and or state level, you don't. We don't. Therefore, you know, this, this whole uh, democracy nonsense is just that, nonsense. We need to get over it. Get over it and change it. Make it real. I used to write a column uh, 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 in Black Commentator called Keeping It Real. Um, and I would urge people to uh, also go to Intrepid Report, intrepidreport.com and to read some of the excellent articles, not just by me, but by many, many other excellent critically thinking writers. Some of your articles have also appeared, Stephen, as you know, in Intrepid, at IntrepidReport.com. The point being, simply, that we got to get over this fantasy fiction Disneyland nonsense. It's time for us to grow up and be adults if we're going to save ourselves, if we're going to save uh, our prodigy, if we're going to save our precious planet. Stop going for the ghost. Stop lapping up the vomit. We've got to stop it while we still have the time. Yeah, indeed, Larry. I just wonder when uh, the hammer will come down. If we, if 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 we don't figure out a way to stop what's going on, uh, I've written recently about some stuff that really scares the, the daylights out of me. Haven't seen some of this stuff happen yet, but I wrote about the about uh, somebody predicting a possible nuclear false flag in uh, in the, the Donbass area of Ukraine. Uh, blamed uh, of course blamed on Russia, uh, of course. I mean, who else? And uh, and really, uh, uh, who knows what could happen uh, if something uh, that were to, were to occur, a, a nuclear false flag, setting off a nuclear weapon. It's important to realize that nuclear weapons can be made in any intensity. You can make one that could knock out uh, Chicago in a heartbeat, or you can make one that could knock out maybe just a, a, a Chicago community. But, of course, the radiation would spread way beyond that community. But, but, he, but here's a prediction from somebody with some kind of information gotten 
suggesting that this was possible, and, and saying that the likelihood was sometime during the during the, the holy season for added effect. Well, my God, uh, we're getting very, very close to Christmas Day. Uh, might they have Christmas Day in mind? I'm literally watching every single day, wondering what may happen from day to day, especially this time of year, before we get through Christmas and move beyond the Christmas period. Uh, <laughs> the crazies running things in Washington, Larry, make anything possible in my mind. Yes, and, and the reality is all we have to do is go back and look at what they've already done. There's no limit. And that's why we've got to understand that, you know, instead of even calling this uh, our, our government, we just need to call it what it is. It's one big false flag. And I can certainly, certainly see the possibility of this government being behind some kind of uh, uh, limited nuclear strike. Of course, if there's any such thing as limited nuclear strike uh, going off uh, in the in, in NASCAR or, or, frankly, other places as well, for the effect. This is shock and awe. This is they'll do anything, anything, okay, to to uh, control uh, the, the the minds and hearts of people in this nation who more often than not turn out to be sheeple who don't ask the questions of now. Well, wait a minute, how could that possibly be? To uh, in this case, for example, how could that possibly serve the interests of Russia? It does not. It would not. Whose interest, then, does it serve? Why, it comes right on back to Washington, D.C., doesn't it? It comes right on back to, to, to the maniacs running uh, 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 this sham called, called the government. But, yes, I can see that possibility. I find it very frightening, too. I hope that it doesn't take place. However, I know that this government, okay, CIA, NSA, FBI, all of these people are capable of doing anything. And so we have to guard ourselves in terms of our, when I say guard, I don't mean physically now, I'm talking about mentally. We have to be aware of what we're dealing with. These people, I've quite frankly, I find it hard to refer to them even as human. Yeah, I, it really it really gives humanity a bad name, Larry. It's hard to imagine people. I mean, people people's people's jobs in Washington is to figure out ways to do just horrific harm to as many people as possible. Again, I wonder how these people live with themselves. I don't know how they can do it. I can't imagine t- being paid any amount of money any amount of money to commit grievous harm to, to countless numbers of people, I simply couldn't live with myself. I wasn't brought up this way. I, I, I mean, I, I would literally gag on the notion that every night when I went to bed, I would think about how many people I murdered that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, this, mm-hmm. and this is what these people do. And it's not just waging a war where it's overt and the bombs are falling and so on. The crimes against humanity that America commits go on on a daily basis, on a worldwide basis, in countries all over the world. And most of it, Larry, is stuff that I don't even know about in countries where who knows what these people are doing. But certainly it's very nefarious stuff, all lawless, just incredible harm to incredible numbers of people, all for power and profit, and that's that's the mission of the U.S. government, and it doesn't matter whether you've got Republicans in charge or Democrats in charge, it's the same dirty system. That's right. The same dirty, filthy, disgusting, bloodthirsty, 
avaricious system. But you see, I have to say that we have to, we the people must make a distinction between the government and the people. That's the government and those, those pawns that go along with the nefarious activities of the government. That's one, that's, that, that, that's one scenario. The other scenario is us, we the people, and we have to make a distinction between with these lying hypocrites, bloody lying hypocrites do. And, you know, we have to understand that the corporate stream media is, as I said, the lapdog uh, 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 for, for the corporate-controlled government. It is a lapdog. So unplug, unplug, unplug from that nonsense. Be critical thinkers. Use our common sense. Think for ourselves. Ask ourselves one basic question, and you said it yourself, my brother. Whose interest does such and such an action really serve? And every time we ask ourselves that question, we find out that the interest that it's serving are those egomaniacs who are running the government of the United States. It does not serve the interest of everyday, ordinary, struggling people. Not at all, Larry. It's the reason I call America the real evil empire. There's no question about that. The real evil empire. And if we don't hammer at it, and if enough people don't hammer at it, they'll just continue doing what they're doing, continue harming people around the world, and it's up to us to do something to stop it. I mean, it's not easy. You know, you put your body on the line against the brute force that this country can put against you, whether it's federal forces, state forces, local police, militarized, all of it militarized uh, with, 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 with military weapons. Weapons. Police across the country are militarized with the kind of weapons that never was possible many years ago, but they have them now. I'm just wondering when, when, how long it will take, Larry, before we see tanks in the street. Well, you know, I remember in the 60s, uh, as, as, as I'm sure you do, I remember seeing tanks in the street. But now it's going to be worse if we allow it to be, uh, you know, because the tanks that they have now are, are far more developed than, for example, the tanks I saw, saw going up and down the streets in Washington, D.C. Uh, on April 4th, 1968 uh, and April 5th, 1968, after Dr. King was assassinated. And it, they, they had them in other places. They had the National Guard out. But now we have this government uh, uh, that is, this is their end game. This is their end game to bring about blatant, blatant, we already have fascism. But, you know, it's velvet right now, velvet glove, but blatant fascism, all in the name of serving uh, uh, or saving or protecting the very people that they are initiating. Yeah, Larry, absolutely true. And uh, there have been many other instances in U.S. history uh, uh, well, well uh, before uh, the more recent things that are going on uh, back in the 1960s, as you point out. But you could go back uh, to the post-World War I era where uh, General Douglas, he wasn't a general then, but Douglas MacArthur went after the war veterans who, who set up a tent city in Washington uh, demanding mm -hmm. uh, uh, the benefits that their government promised them by uh, going off to war, a war that never should have been fought in the first place, and certainly America never should have been involved in it. And, uh, and MacArthur went after them, hammer and tongue. Uh, uh, Obama, <laughs> MacArthur, uh, 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 and, and, and a, a latter-day fascist, 
we were lucky he never became president. He could have become president, Larry, if he wanted to. Uh, I don't think he wanted to run. Or maybe, maybe, maybe he was talked out of running. We got Eisenhower instead, who was certainly not not benign by any means. I've written some some tough things about Eisenhower, but but he deployed the military industrial com- complex. But MacArthur, MacArthur was w- w- was a fascist, the likes of which might might have been worse than George Bush. Who knows? Uh, I mean, a guy with a brain uh, uh, with, with with fascist tendencies. But we had him. We, we could go back to the post-revolutionary days in America, back back in in, in the 19th century, where ordinary people, farmers demanding their rights, attacked by mm-hmm. U.S. forces uh, uh, viciously. And this stuff, of course, going on today. This country can be very vicious to people around the world, including its own citizens at home, and it's done it throughout its, its entire history. I don't think anybody covered it better than Howard Zinn, going back to the to, to the to the beginning before the before the republic became the republic, and, and writing in a people's history of America the kind of crimes that this country committed against its own people. You're right. You're right. As, as a matter of fact, Stephen, as you were talking. See, this has got to stop. No, I think it's wonderful. You were reading my mind. I was thinking about Howard Zinn's book, A People's History of the United States. You are absolutely right. He covers it very well. Larry, it's the only book I ever bought more than one copy of because it came out in multiple editions as there were new administrations that Zinn needed to uh, write about. So he would update his book. And I think I ended up buying four copies of his book. <laughs> Just to get the additional information in it, and very sadly, we lost Howard a few years ago, and he's one of the few people that I wrote about after his passing, uh, discussing him and the wonderful work he did throughout his life. And he was one of the first ones that I came to know and admire so much because of his activism, or as I like to put it, being on the right side of history. And he certainly was that. I think he was around 86 years old when he passed mm-hmm. away, and he passed away peacefully, Larry. The way I hope yeah. uh, it, it'll be for you and me when our time comes. He was he was away. He wasn't home. He was away, and I forget exactly the details, but I, I think uh, maybe he had a heart attack or something or other, but I, I recall something about he was swimming, and whether it happened while he was swimming or after he finished swimming, I don't recall, but he went peacefully, and certainly he deserved that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and you know what? We can die peacefully when our time comes. We can make our transition as long as we are, as you said, on the right side of history. And that's what it's all about, on the human side of history, the right side. So, yeah, and I to, to say that uh, I, I love Howard Zen uh, would be an understatement, believe me, a true understatement. In fact, he, he wrote the introduction to a book that I happen to have been written about in called oh, Saying No wonderful. Power. Yeah, he wrote the introduction to that book. Oh, uh, but Yeah, but, you know, so, yes, I love him. We need millions, millions, millions more of Howard Zinn. I was lucky, Larry. Uh, when when I first began uh, in the doing media work on another program, I was lucky to have him on once as a guest. It really was a great experience for me, and uh, I won't forget it. And very sadly, he's not around to be able to get on this program. He'd be a marvelous guest anytime on virtually any topic. And uh, and I can remember hearing him uh, uh, giving a talk or being interviewed at some length way back when I first began getting active myself. 
and and wondering, oh, well, saying to myself, what a marvelous man, uh, a, uh, a uh, professor at Boston University, Boston, my hometown, not the first uh, university where he taught. He taught in Atlanta and then moved to Boston, and uh, and, and very sadly, he was, I think we did not coincide. I think I left Boston in the 1950s around the time that he arrived, and very sadly, I never had a chance to have any contact with him. I could have taken a summer course. I could have taken a course. I didn't go to Boston University, but I could have taken a summer course, which I did when I came out of the service in 1958 before I went off to graduate school to, to get a business, an MBA. And uh, I, I took two courses at Boston University. But had he been teaching there, I could have taken a course with him. Uh, that would have been a marvelous experience. Yes, yes. I can only just relay this very quickly. I happened to literally bump into Howard when he was just back uh, in the, I believe it was 1992, but I was being, I was waiting to be interviewed at KPFA in Berkeley. And uh, I saw this guy sitting, uh, he too was waiting to be interviewed. I said, that's Howard Ben. I said, are you? He said, yes. <laughs> and we, we, had, we, we had the opportunity to, to, I hugged him, we hugged each other, and, and we had the opportunity to talk for about 15 or 20 minutes before he had to go into this, uh, the studio where he was being interviewed, and, and I had to do likewise. Oh, what a marvelous experience. Uh, that would be something that I would relish, absolutely relish. It's one thing to have a guest on this program, Larry. It's another thing to sit down face-to-face and having a discussion that could be very, very much uh, like you and I are having right now. Larry, I'm just, I was just informed that I'm out of time. Let me wish okay. you a very happy holiday. I look forward in January to getting you back again. Well, you know, I love you. I love you very, very much. You are very special, my brother. Please, you too, be safe, be strong. Looking forward to speaking with you, spending time on the program, on the show next month. Thank you so much, my brother. Many thanks. Many thanks, Larry. And again, my best for the holidays and the new year to all my listeners.